So, Gee, yesterday I asked you what is what I believe to be the oldest, most obvious lawyer joke, and you came up blank. So I'm going to ask you again. Why is divorce so expensive? Um, because lawyers spend a lot of time doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> wow. This, it's almost like you're offering an intro to our superstar rock star guest who will be introduced in just a moment. No, it's because it's worth it. Oh, boom. Yeah. Where's, where's our sound effect? We need yeah. the drum. Oh, there, there it go. is. Just on cue. Fortunately, my wife does not listen to this podcast, so I can kind of make that joke. Anyway, today we're going to talk quickly about some acquisition news that is a beautiful Venn diagram of all things Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. And then you want to share who's going to be joining us? Well, I am so excited. We're going to have a fantastic conversation with Aaron Levine from Hello Divorce. Lawyers, buckle up. You want to talk about the evolution of the law practice? This is the episode for you. And last episode was very much a downer. We were talking about, uh, you know, legal zoom coming to eat your world. This is possibly the most optimistic show we're going to have because Aaron is an optimistic person and has a very beautiful vision, not only of the legal profession, but of lawyers within the legal professions. And how lawyers can make that money in the future. Hit it. Money makes and welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote market and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on legal talk network welcome to lunch hour legal marketing super excited as always but particularly excited for today's episode but before we get started we would love to thank our sponsors alert communications Clio and Lawyer. Wow. So, did you say Lawyer? Lawyer. All right. So, in what is a very strange turn of events, Clio has just acquired Lawyer. This is their second or third acquisition of sponsors of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Is that right, Key? Something like that. That's this is Lunch Hour yeah. Legal Marketing. It's the place to make deals happen. It is the place. So, Adam Lockwood would like to talk to you if you would like to be acquired by Clio. And in completely separate news, uh, our advertising rates have just tripled. <laughs> I have no comment. Hey, Guy, is there any more newsworthy items coming out of the legal practice right now? We well, we're not going to go deep on this one today, but we felt obliged to, at least for folks that haven't seen this, that the ABA has issued a new opinion about lawyers passively investing in law firms that include non-lawyer owners, right? Because we know that alternative business structures are happening and the ABA has recently responded to this or weighed in on this. And so it's worth checking out. We'll probably go deeper on this in a future episode, but we thought we would not be covering the news if we didn't mention this, at least in passing. So lawyers, you may now invest in non-ownership of law firms, <laughs> non-lawyer ownership of law firms. So I got a really nice email the other day from a lawyer that was, you know, we were talking and it mentioned like, hey, I've listened to a lot of uh, legal podcasts and yours is the one that I keep coming back to and that I uh, really enjoy and we keep it fun and stuff. And so a uh, thank you to that lawyer who will remain anonymous, but thank you for uh, reaching out. And as always, if you are enjoying Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, we really, really want to hear from you, whether you want to email us, whether you want to get on the hashtag on Twitter, LHLM, 
or leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And can you leave reviews on other podcasts except for Apple? I don't know. If you're on Apple, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Now, let's dive in to the Clio Legal Trends Report Minute. Here's a little tidbit that I think you know might be intuitive to us. I want to get your reaction to this, Conrad. But according to the Legal Trends Report, the majority of consumers, 69% of consumers surveyed, prefer working with a lawyer who can share documents electronically through a web page, an app, or an online portal. You know, many electronic document systems now offer seamless email and uh, e-signature services as well. How does that number strike you? It's strikingly low, although perhaps if you were to demographically profile this out, you know, there's still people who write checks at the grocery store checkout. Yeah, right? we get checks from lawyers. So, I mean, think about the the lack of efficiency in going somewhere to sign something, right? Or mail something that you have signed. Or the fax machine, which is still prominently in, in use by many members of the legal profession. And perhaps only the legal profession. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, it's not just the legal profession. I get people send me attachments to sign all the time. And I'm like, can we do this in DocuSign? The other one that always, when we pulled this number, that really jumped out at me is, you know, you and I, we look at a lot of law firm CRM intake, back office stuff. And, you know, I, I just, it jumped off the page at me that so many of the client stages are stuck at the sign retainer stage because the law firm's like, you got to come in and sign the trader. Now, look, and we'll talk about this in the episode today. Some places you got to do it, got to get it signed. But it just seems like there's just so many people that are still operating in a way that's just not great for what consumers are demanding. So I'm always like, send me the document. I'll put it in our DocuSign account and sign it. But in any event, I digress. To learn more about these opportunities and much more for free, download Clio's Legal Trends Report at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. And congratulations again to Clio and Laya for a match made in heaven. So super excited to welcome Aaron Levine of Hello Divorce to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. You know, the word rock star is thrown around so trivially these days, but today we truly do have a legal tech lawyer rock star on the show. Aaron Levine, welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's really fun to be here. I've been looking forward to it. I think, was I on this? podcast a while ago or was that a different podcast that you hosted? It might have been. It was a different podcast that I hosted. I think this is your, unless you were with former host Jared Correa, who we who was formerly our favorite friend of the pod, but now you're our favorite friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> it might have been a different podcast, but we're so glad to have you. Congratulations on uh, raising your seed money and the success with Hello Divorce and also a moment of silence for your laptop. <laughs> yes. I mean, losing a laptop, that's serious business these days. It's pretty major. Thank you. So for those of you who don't know, Erin, in an attempt to not have to share her secrets with you today, drove over not only her child's iPad, but also her laptop. So we have suckered her in here. She's going to spill the beans, and you're going to learn so much in the next 20 minutes. Yeah, I tried to get out of it, but your producer was not having it. So <laughs> he's tough. comes in big. <laughs> he's very tough. He likes to meet those deadlines. 
<laughs> but here we are, and I'm I'm excited to chat. All right, Aaron. Guy introduced you as a rock star. For the few people who are unfamiliar with you, and we're talking about venture capital and rock stars, the easiest way to ask for the intro is, can you give us the Hello Divorce elevator pitch by way of introduction to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, I'd love to. But I'd also like to tell you that one of our members of our founding team, prior to going to law school and joining our team, she was the manager for the band Green Day. So... I don't consider myself a rock star, but we are like, you know, almost related to a fantastic band. So that's awesome. That's additional rock star points, I think, right there. It's it's pretty cool. Great perks for us, definitely. Yeah. But at Hello Divorce, what we do is we run a legal tech company that educates consumers on the divorce process and then provides affordable, easy-to-use software and services for achieving the divorce of their dreams. No, not really. Um, Nobody (laughs) wants to get divorced. You don't get married thinking that you'll get divorced, but it happens. And so the goal here is to have people get divorced with peace of mind, to take out some of that stress and mess, and help them to thrive in life before, during, and after divorce. Because the more comfortable that people feel, the more peace of mind that they have through the divorce process, the better they are going to do and the better their families are going to do post-divorce. So we facilitate a quicker, a healthier, and an easier divorce and try to help by providing an on-ramp into life post-divorce. Okay, so I want to get to the easier, better approach, because that's really the guts of what we want to talk about. But we can't talk about that without at least covering the elephant in the room. You said that you are a legal tech company. You did not say that you're a law firm. Can you very quickly wrap up for us how you've dealt with the ethics side of this, why it's not a law firm? Like We know this is a question. So can you really quickly and succinctly give us that overview? Absolutely. And this is a moving target. We are currently in the moment working with both lawyers and one of the best regulatory minds in the industry, Crispin Passmore, to shift our model a bit. And maybe at that time, it might be a great opportunity if you're open to it, to having me on again. But in the moment, no, Hello Divorce is not a law firm. It can't be a law firm. We can't accept investment money. We can't add people to the team outside of legal who have a ownership percentage if we were a law firm. So Hello Divorce itself is a corporation. However, in the moment, we are a two-company model. We have a law firm that works directly with Hello Divorce clientele. So if a Hello Divorce user wants to meet with a lawyer, they can However, through our system, they are retaining a lawyer from that law firm. Got it. Okay. Super helpful. Appreciate that description. And, and you know, and like Conrad mentioned, we, ha- we have to at least talk about it because, you know, the lawyers that are listening to this, they're going to be wondering that themselves. But, you know, really, amongst many reasons, I think the thing that I think is the, the insight and experience that you can share that's like particularly valuable is you're a lawyer. Uh, well, I don't be presumptuous. You're still a lawyer, right? I am. I'm a certified family law specialist and have been practicing law for 16 years. Yep. And so I think a lot of folks that, a lot, some 
the, the few folks that listen to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, um, you know, they're sitting there, they've been, they're practicing some practice area, probably a solo small firm lawyer, maybe with some big law people. If you're a big law person, send us an email. We're really curious to hear from you. But, you know, you've gone on this journey from practicing law. And I loved the way that you did your elevator pitch because what I heard in there was like a lot of client-centric, client-focused, you know, or we're going to call it user-focused, if you think of Hello Divorce that way, language in your description. But tell us about that journey. You're practicing law and you're like, you know what? There's a, I, mean, I just imagine you're running into situations where either potential clients are like, oh gosh, it's just, this is too expensive or you're running into clients that are just like, I'm frustrated because of X, Y, and Z. I think that that's part of the conversation that I think, even for lawyers that are listening that aren't going to be legal tech entrepreneurs, you know, building their practice around these issues that are that the clients are facing, like that just seems so a uh, part of your story. And so tell us a little bit about that journey that, you know, but it's the origin story or whatever. But I imagine at some point you're like, there's just got to be a better way, right? Partially, yes. I, I definitely felt there was a better way, especially for resolving conflict, for moving people who had a relatively uncomplicated divorce through the system. But I also saw through, I believe, a Legal Trends report that the vast majority of people can't afford a lawyer. And I took a look at what options were out there for people doing it themselves. And it was clearly not working for most people, particularly because law is so localized. And so what might happen in one state doesn't happen in the other. And what might happen in one county doesn't necessarily happen in another county. There might be different documents. There might be a different way of filing, how the signatures need to be, and when the documents need to be submitted. It's that localized. So I became really interested in how we can make the experience a lot easier on consumers. I also saw that some of the most well-intentioned lawyers, like I'd like to think myself, were having a really challenging time getting these divorces through the system because in many ways, when you hire a lawyer, you expect that lawyer to fight for you. You expect that lawyer to go to court to resolve conflict. That's really the only way to do it unless you happen to live in a jurisdiction that requires mediation. And that wasn't working for people. The average client spend in Divorce in California was over $25,000 per person. At our firm alone, it was $17,000. And these were divorces in many cases that weren't that complicated. And we were trying. But once you get caught up in that system, it's really hard to pull people out. And in a lot of ways, we were really helping to ramp up people's arguments as opposed to solve problems. And we were perpetuating that you have to win at all costs. So yeah, it became really interesting to me. It became a passion. We started trying out different practice models through the law firm because you have so much more flexibility when you're working in a law firm. And it was clear that consumers were very interested in it, which didn't surprise us because in addition to the trends report and other statistics, we had done a huge design survey and sprint where we interviewed consumers to see what it was that they might be interested in. 
But it also became very clear to me that we weren't going to make any money if this wasn't high volume. So go really tactical. What was the one or two tactical things or surprising things from that research that was like, wow, this is really, really completely not working for the consumer? I was very, very surprised how many consumers either just before the divorce process were actually in the divorce process or had already completed the divorce process who felt that it was absolutely necessary to have some kind of connection to a human throughout the process. Because what we had always seen in the past was either the lawyer up, sometimes maybe collaborative divorce, but for the most part, lawyer up, or the straight DIY. And so I was surprised that it wasn't all tech that people were asking for, that they really did want to connect with a human you know, that was that was exciting to me because I'm a non-technical founder, I'm a lawyer, and I wanted to incorporate that into my model, especially because I didn't have the money to go out there and build this platform that was going to work for everyone. Right. And so, you know, again, this is why I think it's, you know, so grateful to have you and uh, so valuable to share this story. You know, it reminds me of the episode we did with uh, George Saharis, you know, in his big thing, we talked, one of the things we talked about was, you know, it's not about automating everything, right? It's about automating the things that you can automate and having the person come in for the things that the person does better. And I, and I think this is, there's a broader story here that we, uh, it's not just specific to legal, but, you know, everybody's scared of the impending AI doom of professional services. And, you know, this is just such a great example of, the, you know, <laughs> not to use a bad pun for Hello Divorce, but the marriage between <laughs> technology... Oh, you've been automation. waiting on that one, haven't you? <laughs> I know. He no, it just came it's, to me. It I, just yeah, came to I'm me. sure. It's on the whiteboard behind you. I can see you right <laughs> it just, now. <laughs> it just popped in my head. Um, but it is, it's such a valuable story because again, you know, for the lawyers that are out there listening to this and they're like, you know, I'm struggling to get by. I see that a lot. I'm competing. And we'll talk more about this, who they're actually competing with and who Hello Divorce is competing with. But I'm competing with a lot of different players now. There's demands, there's cost demands and pricing demands and all this kind of stuff going on. But it's a story about how you can actually marry these things or integrate these things. <laughs> there he goes again. Um, and, and also, I think that there's a lot of applicability for this way of thinking about serving clients that applies even outside the divorce context. And you know, even the fact that you were doing like user research, market research, understanding your audience, your clients, like that's the message that I've been, that we've been trying so hard to get out. I mean, Conrad and I talk about this all the time in the marketing context, but it's really, it's, it's firm design, it's practice design. And, and, um, you know, anyway, it's just, it, it just yeah. resonates with me so much. Well, I, I've actually, I mean, I've learned a lot from you over the years too. It goes both ways. Oh, I mean, blushing. years and years ago, you were talking about freemiums and content and making it in a way that people would resonate, not marketing, capitalizing on people's fears, but empowering them. I mean, these were all things that you were talking about. Many of us were chatting about. And the exciting part to me is that we've been able to share with the world that it actually works. The other thing is, is that, you know, I... I love lawyers. I want to elevate the profession. I know we'll get into it, but I just want to start off there. Like that is very, very important to me. And one of the things that 
I had the initial, I had a few initial goals. One was that we could create something that would actually work for consumers. The second was that we could actually make money because I have a family to raise too. And the third was that we could prove out a model that maybe won't work for every lawyer, but that would work for a lot of lawyers. So that would give them quality of life, ease of practice, and enough money to make as much as they'd like to make. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. No, love it. So when we come back after the break, we're going to put the hard questions to Aaron about how this has changed for the positive or the negative, and we won't just let her gloss into the positive, the lives of her lawyers. Like, and the real goal for these questions is, what does this mean for you, dear listener? If you do not work for Aaron, what lessons can you learn about changing your life, changing your practice, changing your future with the lessons that Hell Divorce has brought to the family law industry? So with that, we're going to take a short break. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. No one cites routine drafting as the reason they chose to become a lawyer, but that's where a lot of time goes for solo practitioners and small firms. LawYaw can help you transform your existing Word documents into reusable templates with no coding required. Save time and avoid errors with intuitive features like conditional logic. Use a tool that empowers your experience and expertise. Learn more at LawYaw.com. That's L-A-W-Y-A-W.com. And we're back. So, Conrad mentioned this before we went to break, but let's think about, let's, uh, we don't have to actually close our eyes, but let's pretend to close our eyes and think about divorce lawyers in California, divorce lawyers in other areas that uh, Hello Divorce serves consumers. And what's the message for them? Because we talk about the, you know, we, like you had mentioned, we talk about this all the time. We have tons of empathy for solo and small lawyers who are in the trenches fighting the good fight. But you know, for some of them, they see something like Hello Divorce come around and they're like, well, now Hello Divorce is just eating up the market, right? So, you know, and maybe maybe there's some truth to that. Like maybe that's just frankly the world is changing and there's some truth that the, the market share is going to change uh, with players like Hello Divorce. I mean, you know, we'll get into more of like the, the bigger competitors that are you know maybe similarly modeled, or you can argue that they're not. But what's the message for a divorce lawyer in California? Well, um, yeah, I think it's especially critical in California because we have a pretty high volume. We're still building in the other states, gaining pretty quick momentum. But California is our largest state by far. It got a two-year advantage over the others. So I think, it, you know, there, there's a couple things. So number one is the vast majority of the people that are using Hello Divorce are people that would have never hired a lawyer to begin with. And usually by the time they've hired a lawyer, if they do it all, it's too late. They've really, really screwed up their matter. 
They're really frustrated. They're angry. They blame lawyers for where they went wrong. And Aaron, can I just get clarifying on this? Sure. The immediate answer to me is it's the classic technology bringing more consumers into the legal market from a cost perspective. Is that the primary answer to that question? It's because you're doing things more efficiently or is there something else to that? I think that's accurate. The vast majority of our consumers and who we want to help and target are people that cannot afford a lawyer or could afford a lawyer, but not without going into significant debt yep. or at having it affect some other you know, major area in their lives. There are a lot of people that are now like they probably and likely would have hired a lawyer. I mean, we certainly do mediation. We help people that don't necessarily have an agreement going into the divorce, but expect to get there. Right. So to that extent, I could see how lawyers are like concerned or frustrated. I do expect that the more we grow, the more lawyers we will employ and or contract with. And most of the lawyers that we work with use Hello Divorce as a way to supplement their practice and their income. It's something they can count on. You know, we don't discount legal fees that much. If somebody gets to the point in their divorce where they really need to speak with a lawyer, then it's going to cost them money because lawyers work really hard to get to where they are to be able to provide the advice that they need to give. But what we don't have lawyers do is all the stuff that nobody should be paying lawyers to do to begin with. All right, let's get into that. Go deep. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's so hard because we are taught that based on applicable regulations, based on our education, that we can't and should not collaborate outside the law. And so we spend a lot of time solving legal issues in a vacuum. And because of that, or maybe in addition to that, we spend a lot of time doing the things that we think we need to do to help consumers, like giving a lot of financial advice, helping consumers in divorce determine which financial settlement offer might be in their best interests. But like, really, is that something that lawyers should be doing on their own? And then, of course, there's more granular things like filing a document or asking for specific information from the client or scheduling appointments. I mean, these are all things that lawyers have historically billed to do that lawyers just shouldn't be doing because, A, we're not great at it, and B, customers don't want to pay for it anymore. Customers are getting a lot more savvy. And I'm I'm starting to see that because I also still have my law firm. To a certain extent, we have a small brick and mortar practice. And the questions our intake team gets are very different now than they were 10 years ago. Right. Do you have a fixed fee option? Do you charge your paralegals at the same rate? Is there anyone who's not a legal trained, you know, administrator at your office and what can they do for my case? You know, so like things are changing. And that's the other thing that I think is such an important message to hear from someone like you, as opposed to people like Conrad and I, is that the legal services consumer is changing, right? And so 
it's not it's not a you know we go to these conferences and lawyers are frustrated and like oh you know but people don't want to pay for it and there's all these tire kickers and and, and that's the thing that, that if I can press upon people listening is is that it's not in your control right the the internet technology communication technology they're democratizing not perfectly but moving in the direction of democratizing access to information and so the sophistication level the questions are asking I mean we see it in search all the time that's something that's changing and so you know our message and I think validated by what you're talking about is is that you got to adapt to the legal services consumer and spend more of your time delivering the things that you know technology can't and which brings us to another question which I'm mm-hmm. I'm super curious about is is like you know so the lawyers that are most successful on hello divorce they must be embracing this mindset right of like I'm going to f- focus on the the lawyery things Talk to us a little bit about like what that looks like as a, a lawyer member of the network. So yes, our lawyers can set their own schedules. They can work as many hours as they want and when they want, because as you can imagine, lots of consumers would prefer to work after work or after their kids go to bed. And the same thing goes for lawyers, especially parents. So they can set their hours however they want. They can take as much or as little work as they want. We don't take contested cases through Hello Divorce. So back to the, are we stealing cases from divorce lawyers? I would never, you didn't say that, but that's kind of like the implied It was thing. in the show notes, you but know. we didn't say it. <laughs> right, right. But We so took that gentle I, I think, version. You know, there, there are always going to be people that have a spouse with a substance abuse issue or a major mental health issue where like you absolutely need a lawyer to represent you. And those are not the types of cases that we have. And That is so great for the lawyer who's working with us because if they choose, let's say, to do 10 hours a week or even 10 hours with a month, those are 10 hours that they know they're going to get paid well. They know they are going to be talking to consumers who actually want to work with them. And they're really working on solving problems that have solutions as opposed to having to break the news to them that they're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars litigating an issue that we really don't know which way the judge is going to rule. So a lot of what our lawyers tell us is that they enjoy the type of work that they're doing. And I love that. And that that's partly like why I went into this. I didn't expect that I would become a legal tech founder, that I would raise venture capital, that we would think about expanding outside of the divorce silo. I went in because I didn't like litigating day in and day out. And I wanted to try something new, find a way to have happier, more present consumers who are actually going to pay their bills. So, Aaron, you just answered two of my three key questions. <laughs> so I just uh, like don't shut up is what no, you're saying. Game on, like, uh, <laughs> I, it, it is, listen, if, if we're, we're doing a podcast prescient. with shy people, that's, that's no good. No. So <laughs> are they working with customers that they want to work with? Yes. Are they doing the type of work that they want to do? Yes. The last question that I had is, are they making more money? They are making the same or more. Many are making more. Now, the Why? one thing I will say- How does say, that work? So this is like yeah. this is the really key thing because most lawyers sit here and they hear about technology and they're like, oh shit, you're coming for my livelihood and you just told us the opposite. They're using technology to make the same or more. I want to get into that because that is like a mindset shift that we cannot seem to get in the legal industry. Okay, fair enough. Well, they're guaranteed payment, right? Like, hello, divorce, the corporation- collects the payment, but deposited it into a 
legal law firm account. And so the lawyers are guaranteed payment. Say no more. That's that's a game changer right there for them. Right. (laughs) Right. And now you can turn off your podcast, right? Right. And Hello Divorce itself can't collect legal fees, right? So the law firm has to, well, in this moment, things are changing and Mm. we're part of sandboxes and, and this and that. But in this moment, the law firm pays the lawyers directly. And as I said earlier, we charge a really reasonable rate for legal advice, but we don't, we can't and don't heavily discount it. So our goal is to help people get as far as they can without legal advice, unless it's something that they want right from the beginning. And if that's the case, and there are people like that, then they have a lawyers available to them right from the start. So I think the fact is, is that they might make a little bit less per hour than they will make in their practice. And this is the part that gets me so frustrated. Lawyers will tr- will come back to me and they'll say, but I bill at 350 an hour. I bill at 400 an hour and you can't right. meet that. I'm like, yes, that's true. But you don't have to do anything right. except show up for that call, log the hour, and I will pay you. Like they don't have to calendar. They don't have to market. They don't have to do the administrative work. They don't have to review pleadings because they will bill for that if that's part of what the client is hiring them to do. Not the admin stuff, but the reviewing. They don't have to spend the money to acquire the client. Right, right. There's no cost of acquisition. There's no billing. Um, you know, like everything is taken care of for them. And so, and and because of that, you can say, I'm going to work for you know, with this company for three hours a day and you're absolutely getting paid for those three hours. And how many lawyers can actually say that? Because when Mm -hmm. I think about running my small firm all of these years, I think about all the hours that were spent where I didn't have the opportunity to bill. So I'm not saying that this is the most efficient model out there. I don't think that it is. I think that it is constantly evolving. But what I can say is, is that it's very important to me that people get legal advice when they need it. And that it is very important to me that we continue to evolve the profession so that lawyers can make a living, but do it in a way that gives them work-life balance and that comports with their conscience. Love it. And that's kind of where I want to go for the next part of this conversation is, you know, you're on the very cutting edge of the evolution of the profession, at least from my perspective. Where do you see the world going, right? We've got, you know, the ABA just had their recent opinion about lawyers can invest in non-lawyer-owned law firms in the states that that's allowed. We've got, you know, non-lawyer-owned law firms coming. We've got big VC money coming in. We've got some of the major platform players probably looking to find ways to help evolve the practice. What kind of insights, what are you seeing if you had to prognosticate, what are the big takeaways for folks who are, you know, again, been practicing law 20 years, uh, maybe they've got another 15, 20 years left to practice. Where do you see this all kind of going? Tough question, predict the future. It is, it's a tough question because you could ask me today and I'll feel differently than I feel tomorrow. I can tell you what I want to see. I what do you want to see? We'll start there, yeah, let's start great. there. Yeah. Because honestly, you're a hopeful, optimistic person and- this is really corny. Maybe it's too corny for podcast. I do believe that the practice of law is moving in a hopeful, optimistic, consumer-centric direction. And so you're probably right in that your orientation is in the right place. 
I do. I, I'm hoping that models like mine are more validated. The fact that we always are constantly having to worry if something that we're doing is unauthorized practice of law is not fair to our consumers or us. So as an example, the mere fact of telling a consumer, hey, this is kind of complicated, you should consider talking to a lawyer, can actually be considered unauthorized practice of law in certain states. That is devastating to me. I mean, we are really holding lawyers back from being able to provide services in a way and software that that will solve their problems. If we add a new position in our company, we have to be very careful about what we call them, or it can be confusing, they say, to the legal profession, even though we are more clear and transparent about what we do, what our fees are, and what our products entail than any lawyer that I've ever seen, or most lawyers, I should say. So that's really frustrating. So I am hoping that we continue to evolve into a profession where we collaborate and encourage an interdisciplinary approach to how we resolve legal problems. I am hoping that's, and I think this is a very far off, unfortunately, this is the one area that I definitely struggle with being optimistic, but at some point I'm hoping that we see some real meaningful change in the legal system itself. One of the reasons why it is so complicated and hard to move through the system, and one of the reasons why we see conflict ramp up so much is because of the frustration and the confusion around the processes and the distrust between the parties, which is all further exacerbated by the system itself. So I'm hoping that we while the, I think the shift in models, the ability for us to do more, serve more, is going to be incredible. I also am very concerned about how complicated it is to even access the system right now. And there's only so much that we can do until the system, the court administration, how we resolve conflict changes. I think that you know, keep in mind, a company like mine has taken years to build. And in most states, even the states that we're in, most consumers don't even know we exist yet. This is a huge opportunity for lawyers to continue doing what we've started to have them do, which is really think about the client experience. Legal consumers want to experience law the way they do any other app or any other product that they might purchase or subscription. So the more tools we can give people to feel like whatever legal issue in front of them is being managed, the more you're going to stand out, the more in some cases you can charge, and the more people will be referring cases to you. So I think as the system changes and as the legal climate changes, the way to stand out, the way to continue to build your practice is to put the consumer first in every way that you can. And sometimes that means B minus lawyering instead of A plus lawyering. You know, my thing too, and again, I'm, you know, these are tough questions or even tougher questions when you're under the, you know, the scrutiny that you're currently under. And um, yeah. as you've mentioned, it's evolving landscape. You know, the, the thing that I, that I'm always, and I, and I, I can also 
maybe I don't, I'm still a licensed lawyer, so maybe they can take my license away because I'm always <laughs> like you know beating down the regulatory thing. But I, mm-hmm. I'm always and you you brought something up that I probably don't give enough deference to, which is like the systemic access problems like it's just it's just it doesn't matter if you have a lawyer or you don't have a lawyer like it's just the system's just got it's like this really old system that just doesn't like we're just doesn't line up it needs to be rebuilt from the ground up but then the thing that i always that always comes up and the one that i'm less sympathetic to less empathetic to is you know the guild mentality right like well you know we got to make it hard because that's what people pay us to do and, um, you know, that's the story that I think the internet, communication technology, you know, automations, platforms, they're circumventing it, whether the guild likes it or not. You know, and again, feel free to pass or plead the fifth on this. But, you know, you've lived the pressures, the resistance to this kind of evolution of the profession. What's your best sense of where most of the resistance comes from? Oh, the resistance that- from the lawyers? Well, I don't know. Is it the lawyers themselves? Is it the regulatory bodies? Is it just like the structural system? Is it the court system? I don't think it's the court system. I think that they have their own challenges. Anytime they become more efficient, it sometimes knocks down their budget and then they have problems other places. I do think that it's the legal profession. I Mm -hmm. mean, when it comes down to it, anything that even appears to threaten our livelihood sends people into fear. And fear is the worst response and worst emotion to have to control you and help you to make your decisions. And that's why it's been so important to me from day one to reach out to the American Bar Association, to reach out to Cleo, to reach out to other lawyers, to tell people exactly what I'm doing in the hope that they will see that, A, it's not going to destroy the profession, and B, we have the data to prove that consumers really like this approach and feel comfortable with it. When they can talk to someone, normal human sort of conversation, when big legal concepts are broken down into easy-to-understand language, and when we shield the consumer from all the headaches of the system— I mean, that is just gold to the consumer. Consumers will pay for that. Um, So, Totally. No, and I I didn't want to interrupt you there, but or break complex concepts about divorce into awesome flowcharts, which you have on your site, which I would tell lawyers, go check out. Because again, for me, like I think a lot of this from the, the marketing lens on and the competitive advantage stuff, like that's the stuff that we tell lawyers all the time to be creating. And, you know, again, you're validating that, that's attracting consumers. Yes, absolutely. I like some of our most valuable downloads or worksheets and resources, not necessarily from an SEO perspective, although it is helpful with SEO, are our worksheets and checklists that help people wrap their head around some of the issues that might come up in our case, divorce. But if you can do it in other legal areas, That's fantastic. I find myself doing it too. When I have a legal issue that comes up or a friend has a wrongful termination thing or a landlord tenant issue, I find the lawyers that are putting together these worksheets or flowcharts. So at least I I kind of understand the general picture and then I can dive deeper if I need to. So with that, I want to end what has been, I think since I came on our most optimistic podcast (laughs) ever. I think that is a fair statement. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. You are fairly easy to find online. 
So for those of you who have not spent the time, I would recommend go get some inspiration. Go, go check out Hello Divorce. Think about your own practice area, where you are, what you do, how you put the consumer first or not, and make the world a better place. There is optimism in a bottle. Go. Thank you. Aaron, thanks again, truly, for lending us your mind and your voice. Keep on evolving the profession for the better. We're all grateful for it. Folks, thanks for listening in today. If you just stumbled upon Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, please do subscribe with your favorite podcasting thing to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. And until next time, Conrad, Guy, and Aaron, take care. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. So, Guy, the other day I asked you what I believe to be the most common, oldest, and well-known lawyer joke, and you didn't know the answer. I'm going to ask you again. we're not doing the banter now. We're not doing... This is the banter. (laughs) Did I bungle this completely? Yes. (laughs) Was I not listening? Talk about following directions. Does not listen to instructions. Jesus. I'm like, what are you doing? I see. I heard. I heard Locke would say, "You're going to introduce Aaron," and then I was like, "All right, <laughs> yeah. I totally blew that." All right. It's Friday. It's Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday. Conrad does this every week, though. Or how often do we do this? Whenever <laughs> we do it, we should totally use this as our intro. So on brand for Conrad.